Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about the releases from the WWE. Sin Cara, The Ascension, Luke Harper, where they could go next. We talk about it on this edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Also, we get into the breaking news. The NWO and Batista are going into the 2020 class of the WWE Hall of Fame. Is it too early? Has it been delayed too much? We'll get into that as well. Also, my favorite segment of the show, the Dave LaGreca quintessential pro wrestling power rankings. All that on today's edition of the Busted Open Podcast. You are in a world of shit how about my wife acting like a wrestler and just putting all the bs <laughs> all the personal <laughs> bs up on social media i mean it was unbelievable i have a fight with my wife i go to the store to rectify the situation as best i could i come back and there's all these tweets because my wife actually went to social media to air her grievances she's like a wwe superstar it's unbelievable she, she- She's like Lana. She's really, and <laughs> if she's not careful, she might be like some WWE superstars and be future endeavored. And you don't want that before the holidays, bully. You would never future endeavor the lovely pierogi uh, making Violetta. Well, never. That would never happen. There was no pierogies for La Greca this weekend because, as you said, I was in a doghouse over something silly. It was something really, really silly. Now, 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 there are two sides to every story. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Violetta felt the need to tell the entire world yes. <laughs> her side of the story. It seems as though you had a, uh, a to-do, a honey, honey to-do uh, on the list said, go get your Christmas cards printed. Yes. And you got the wrong Christmas cards printed of the family portrait that in, did not include the family animals. Well, I mean... Th- ugh, thus, thus, irating your wife. Ridiculous. Thus, making her want to go to so- social media, and thus, burying you. Not only did she bury you, it's like she hit you with the bus, and then she put the bus in reverse and backed up over you. First of all, for the, the, it's on her for trusting me to get this done. That's on her. Because she should know by now... That somehow I was going to screw that up. So for people who don't follow the lovely Violetta on social media, let me explain before we get into SmackDown. And, you know, believe me, I probably had the same 
uh, feeling in my stomach from seeing the social media hate as I did watching SmackDown on Friday, but we'll get into oh, that in a second. Trust me, your story with Violetta was much better than SmackDown. It is more entertaining? <laughs> a hell of a lot more. <laughs> I, you know, because now the end thing with Christmas cards or holiday cards is you don't just buy like a box of holiday cards. Now you got to make the thing with the pictures and everything in a family, right? So I picked out a nice picture of us like out, the four of us, you know, myself, my wife, my daughter, Abigail, and my stepdaughter, Sarah. It was not the picture she had chosen. And by looking at it, it was a horrible picture. My wife has her eyes closed. Sarah's looking in a different direction. It was a terrible picture. And I just like, I, you know, I didn't think it out and I sent it and it came back. We got the Christmas cards and it was a terrible picture. And then she said she wanted the three pictures. She picked out the pictures and she wanted the pictures with the animals. And I forgot about that too. So what are you going to do? You don't leave that to the man of the house. So not you the, just completely not, botched not my job. everything. I botched. I botched. I take all. I take it. But her going to social media, that's a problem. That's that's a pro- That's an issue, her going Actually, to social I, media. Actually, I don't know if it's that big of an issue because when I read it last night, I popped and, well, I said to myself, well, I know how I'm starting the show tomorrow. Well, <laughs> I, I have to admit, that's her way of kind of saying she's angry but not really angry by going to social media. Because, you know, if my wife was really pissed, she would not have tweeted something like that out. That's her, like, backhanded way of saying, you know what, you're in trouble, but you're not really in trouble. But, you know what, I want everybody to know about the mistake that you made with our holiday cards. So Violetta is like a passive aggressive tweeter. Yes, she's a passive aggressive tweeter. We should get her on the line just to see how she feels about this whole situation. Yeah, she's got a job that she can't get to the phone. She's got like a real job, so she can't just get to the phone every time. <laughs> you know, so uh but did you did you apologize? Of course. At first I didn't. Like I I did the whole thing with this is the picture you wanted. I tried to play off that old that old try to gag. Pass, try to pass the heat. Yeah, like I was like, what are you talking about? This is the picture you picked. And then she was like, that's not the picture I picked. And, you know, that old gag. Doghouse. That's dog it. Food, I, I just, dog. you know what? The best thing about it, they they do they, the turnaround so quick, they had it done in the same day. So I, I wound up wasting like 30 bucks. But you know what? We got the pictures that she wanted. That's all. Happy wife, happy life. I know that you're going to send me a Christmas card. I would prefer one of the Christmas cards of the botched one. I, I'm thinking I want one about of the if, you, if if you get one of the botched Christmas cards, you know you're in, but you're not really that in. <laughs> I want a botched card. If you, so if I, you can, <laughs> I want to snap a picture of a botched card and put it on social media. If you get the if you get the card where Violetta's eyes are closed, you know you're getting the defect. So. And you know what? You have to send me the Violetta card because how funny will it be if I take a picture of the Violetta card and be like, oh, my God, thank you so much to Violetta and Dave for sending me this Christmas card. And she sees the picture yeah, of the wrong the, card on social media. It'll be awesome. It ain't going to happen. But speaking of botches, and we'll get into SmackDown in a little bit, but I talked, I, I kidded and said that my wife would get future endeavored because of the way she's gone to social media. In all honesty, we have seen now some future endeavors when it comes to the WWE. Uh, some surprises, some obviously not. Luke Harper, Sin Cara, The Ascension. I got to be honest with you. You could have told me The Ascension were let go six months ago, and I probably would have believed you. I can't. Even, I don't even remember 
the last time the Ascension was on TV. And we also got the, I guess, the official word on Friday that MLW has signed ACH. ACH no longer with the WWE as well. So kind of strange that you got this so close to the holidays. But uh, I think... Luke Harper wanted out. Sinkara wanted out. I don't know if the Ascension wanted out, but they are no longer WWE superstars. Seems like Alcatraz has granted some pardons. Yes. I, I was actually surprised by a name that wasn't on that list, and that's uh, Mike Kanellis, because I know Mike Kanellis has gone to social media asking for his release. I get he has. I guess he hasn't got it yet, but that storyline with his wife that went on for weeks – uh, we haven't seen that play out at all. I think that's kind of changed over to the Rusev Lana storyline once that was buried and forgotten. So I actually, once we started seeing those names of those releases, I thought we were going to get Mike Canells. That did not happen. I've heard rumors, uh, and not internet rumors or dirt sheet rumors. I've heard some talk, some scuttlebutt amongst the boys that um, – Mike and Maria might have misled the WWE um, when their new contracts were signed. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm saying maybe the WWE didn't want to release them because they want to keep them around some more and, you know, maybe uh, get their money's worth out of them. Okay. As, as far as Luke Harper and Sin Cara are concerned, I'm happy that they were released because they just didn't want to be there anymore. And if you don't want to be there anymore and the company's not doing anything with you anyway, well, then get out of Dodge. Get the hell out of here. Let them go. What are you going to keep them around for? I mean, does the WWE think that Sin Cara or Luke Harper is going to go someplace else and it's going to put a significant dent in the WWE? Absolutely not. So why keep him around? That's not to say that Luke Harper and Sin Cara aren't going to go to another company and make an impact for that company. Both of those guys are talented and can do very well for uh, an AEW, an Impact, a Ring of Honor, an MLW, a New Mm -hmm. Japan, anywhere. But it's not like by releasing those two guys out of the WWE that all of a sudden they're going to pop up and it's going to be a major, major dent in, you know, in the WWE armor. As far as the Ascension is concerned, listen, I don't remember. The last time I remember them doing anything with the Ascension is when they brought them up from NXT. And how long ago was that? Uh, years. That was years ago. I mean, when I first saw the Ascension, I felt bad for those dudes because they were put in a gimmick that was never going to succeed, a bootleg Road Warrior gimmick. It was never, ever, ever going to work because it was just a cheap version of the Road Warriors. Those are two good dudes. I got to work with the Ascension when I was in WWE, me and Devon, you know, a couple of years ago. Good dudes. But you could tell every night that I we were working with them that they were just all the air had been let out of their sails. They just they didn't have their hearts in it anymore. They tried as hard as they could, but they knew that they were just there to do absolutely nothing. And they would get ready and get in their gear and put their face paint on and they would try as hard as they could, but they were just dead in the water and they were dead in the water. They were dead in the water because they put a um 
a road warrior gimmick on. Yeah, them. and you're, you, it's just not going to work anymore. And they were they were dead night, night number one. Like you said in NXT, they had a little bit of uh, you know dominance in NXT, but as soon as they went to the main roster, and they they had if you remember, and maybe probably people have forgotten by now because it's been so long ago. Um, they had vignettes leading up to their debut, but once they had their debut. Right away, like you said, they look like a bootleg version. They they even mentioned the Road Warriors. Once you mention the Road Warriors and the Ascension done. in the same sentence, you're done. And they actually did that in their vignette. One of their vignettes, they mentioned the Road Warriors. Once you say that, you're finished. And night number one, they were done, and they were never able to recover. I mean, they were they were relegated to like the dark matches, or every once in a while on main event, and then sometimes you'd see them in the background of a of a, a skit on Raw. It just I, I don't know how those guys feel about being released because listen, they might need the work. They were still getting paid. I'm st- they were both making a living for their family, so I'm not sure how they feel about being released. But I just wish them well, and hopefully they are happy today about their release because they get to go do something that maybe brings a smile to their face and are still able to earn a living. So that's my take on the hostage, especially the Luke Harper and the Sincara thing. Like I said, they did not want to be there. And and listen, to it to an extent, even though you have a contract, you could look at it as them being held hostage. I mean, Dave, seriously, what's the what's the point of not releasing them? Yeah, there there is. And like you said, like all right, where's Sin Cara going to go where he's going to be a threat? Like, if here's the thing, and this is going to sound terrible. If I'm AEW, are you touching Sin Cara? Are you touching the Ascension? Now, Luke Harper, maybe. Because Luke Harper, that's, that's talent that was never really truly tapped into. You know, when you had the whole Wyatt family, man, I, I, I thought he was the most talented of, of, of all of them. And they never really used him the right way. But even like if I'm an MLW, I do you touch Sin Cara the Ascension? You know, if I I, I kind of want to keep those wrestlers at arm's length because it almost like you're taking the WWE leftovers. That sounds terrible to say because there's a lot of talent there, but perception is reality in that case. I'm going to look at it from the other point of view. I'm going to you, you mentioned AEW when it uh, with regard to uh, the Ascension, Sin Cara, and and Luke Harper. You can really be the baby face of this whole situation if you're AEW. Let's say you sign those guys to minimal deals. Not, you're not, you're not going to give them Jericho money, but let's say you, you, you take care of them and you got a couple of veterans on your roster now. And all of a sudden, you're able to turn around in, in, in the next couple of weeks or whenever they were to debut. They all have 90-day clauses. What if you were actually able to do something with them? And that's showing the world that, hey, in AEW, we're willing to give everybody a chance. And look at the talent on Luke Harper. Look at the talent on Sin Cara. Look at the talent of the Ascension. We here at AEW can get these guys over while the WWE couldn't. I, I, think, it's, I think it's a good idea. I'm not saying that they should sign them, but if I were to sign any of those guys, I'm signing with the intention of proving to the world, hey, at AEW, we can get these guys over. And with Luke Harper, it's not a question of getting Luke Harper over. Luke Harper has been over already. You've heard me talk about Raycon's wireless earbuds and how much I love mine. They're half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds I've used. 
and they sound just as amazing. And if you haven't bought a pair, today's your lucky day. Raycon just released their best model yet, the E25s. They have six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, perfect for the on-the-go listening and for taking phone calls. I'm always in a rush. I'm always, you know, running from Penn Station in New York to go to Sirius XM Studios. There is no way I can get to where I need to be with wires hanging from my ears. It just isn't going to happen. And I always have to be ready for those very important phone calls from Alex Metz. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylus and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. You've heard me talk about how the company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg are obsessed with Raycons. Pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order and buy Raycon.com slash busted open. That's buyraycon.com slash busted open for 15% off of Raycon's wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash busted open. Alex Vance! According to Mark Ramondi of ESPN.com. Mark Ramondi! The WWE will honor the NWO, the New World Order, with a Hall of Fame induction this april wow so this is coming from si yeah uh, espn oh yes ESPN, ESPN. <laughs> bet your second botch whatever <laughs> won't be my last bully from the article still got two and a half more hours <laughs> from the article just filed to espn.com the wwe will, rec- will recognize four of the core members of the nwo in its earliest days hulk hogan Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Sean Waltman. They will be honored on stage April 2nd at Amelie Arena in Tampa, Florida as part of the festivities surrounding WrestleMania 36. It will be the second Hall of Fame honors for each of the four men recognized as part of the NWO. Hogan was inducted as an individual in 2005, followed by Scott Hall in 2014, and Kevin Nash in 2015. And as you may remember, Sean Waltman was honored as part of D-Generation X last year in 2019. There you go. Um, Curious that they're doing it this early because you usually start finding out about Hall of Famers for especially that class at WrestleMania, like around, you know, Royal Rumble time or after Royal Rumble. The fact that they're doing this in early December, it's kind of uh, kind of interesting that we're finding this out this early. Maybe they Gotta want to sell start getting tickets, ex- brother. I, I guess so. Gotta sell tickets. Uh, well deserved you- NWO going into the Hall of Fame. Can't argue that. Where's Virgil and Buff Bagwell? Yeah, that, that yeah, that's Ted DiBiase uh, and Big Show, <laughs> and every other member of the roster. If if you inducted everybody that was a member of NWO, you would have more people on stage than actually in the seats in the arena. Crazy! Just got to inv- induct all of WCW. That would be kind of a cool visual, though. Like seeing the stage is filled up with like t- 25, 30 guys all getting inducted. That'd be kind of cool. So, Dave, let me ask you this, and Alex, you too. Uh, not so much you, girl. Um, <laughs> are you guys? Uh, does that do anything for you? The NWO getting inducted? Uh yeah. I I actually think Eric Bischoff should be part of that. 
Maybe they, oh, maybe, I, you, know, you know, I'm saying like, you know, Eric, that was Eric Bischoff's idea. He was part of the NWO. I mean, like to me, Eric, Eric Bischoff should be a part of that. And I'm wondering if Eric Bischoff maybe goes into the Hall of Fame this year on his own. But curiously enough, now that he's no longer part of the WWE, I'm wondering if that would have happened if he was still part of the WWE. Um, I think it's a no-brainer to have Eric induct them. I mean, he's the guy that created them. Why not have him induct them? And I don't think there's any bad blood between Eric and the WWE. I think Eric knew that the position that he had could come and go at any given moment. It's a, it was a very rough position to be in. And him being the quote-unquote head of SmackDown or head of creative or whatever the title was, and then busting out with 4 million viewers and dropping down to 2.5 million Somebody had to be the fall guy. And I'm not quite sure if it was just because of ratings. But whatever. I don't think... If anybody understands that it was just business, it's Eric Bischoff. And I think if the WWE and Eric were going to do uh, business in the future, Eric would do it with a smile on his face. So I'd like to see Eric induct the NWO since it was his idea. And Eric Eric Bischoff, to me, should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. I, I, I know it's like a weird scenario because it was that war that we still talk about, the Monday Night Wars between WCW and the WWF. And Eric Bischoff was that guy behind WCW. He was the reason you could give a lot of credit, credit for what took place between those two organizations, and he was beating their ass for 83 weeks. So uh, now that it's all said and done, I think Eric Bischoff is uh, it should be a Hall of Famer without a doubt. You know, I've said it before, the wrestling business owes a, uh, a debt of gratitude to Eric Bischoff, especially wrestlers. Because if you think about it, before Eric Bischoff came around, there was no downside guarantee. There was no guaranteed money in pro wrestling, especially in the WWE. If the WWE did well, then you did well. If the WWE didn't do so well, you didn't do so well. There was no, there was no comfort zone. Eric came along and he said, listen, I'm going to pay you this amount of money no matter what. And that gave wrestlers, the guys, the gals, the boys, ground to stand on. So that they knew that if things didn't go so well for their push or if things weren't going that great with the company or whatever, they were still going to make their money. Guaranteed money. And that forced Vince's, Vince McMahon's hand to give his talent guaranteed money. You know, the wrestling world also owes Eric uh, thanks because Eric was the only guy that was able to put the gun to Vince's head. And yeah. look at what happened. If Eric Bischoff doesn't, present the type of competition that he did to Vince. Do we ever get the Monday Night Wars? Do we ever get what we got in pro wrestling 25 years ago? And it's funny, Eric Bischoff's story in pro wrestling is such a fascinating one. You know, he was just a TV, he was a TV, he was a he was an ad salesman. I mean, and you know, to be able to you know what he do what he did with the AWA and move on and become like a a TV personality and then the guy who kind of orchestrated everything behind WCW and really completely changed the landscape I mean, that's a guy that should get a lot more recognition than he does. Unfairly, he gets a lot of blame about what happened to WCW, but you almost have to give him all the credit when it comes to the success of WCW. Absolutely. And, and to think this is the guy that had the balls to tell Hulk Hogan, I want to turn you heel. And it worked. And you think anybody, I don't even know if Vince McMahon could have convinced Hulk Hogan to turn heel. 
No, probably not. Hogan didn't want to do it. He did not want to do it, but it was because of the reason that he left WWE and went to WCW and noticed how the landscape was changing. And honestly, from all year, it wasn't even supposed to be Hogan. It was supposed to be staying. So it's it's interesting how that all worked out. By the way, uh, I'll go really quick before no, you. Go ahead. I'm looking. I, I, I we may need to take the whole three hours of a show to kind of go over every single wrestler that was a part of the NWO. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> it, it. It would be impossible to 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 list everybody that was a part of the NWO. Too many guys. I got Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan, Ted DiBiase, Big Show, Sting. Uh, you know, obviously we, we, we know about like the guys who are getting inducted, the four that are getting inducted, but Miss Elizabeth, Eric Bischoff, Buff Bagwell, Big Bubba Rogers, Scott Norton, Randy Savage, the great Muda, Conan, Kurt Henning, Rick Rude. I mean, B- Scott Steiner, Nick Patrick, <laughs> Bret Hart. I, I, it goes on and on. It's, it's impossible to list everybody that was a part of the NWO. Where do you uh, draw? That, where do you draw the line? They drew the line with those four. I would draw the line at those four. A yeah. bit watered down the NW got, but still. Hey, listen, we were talking last week. What are the T-shirts that we see the most? NWO, NWO Bullet Club, and uh, what, what was the other one? AEW now, right? Yeah, I, w- I would probably say AEW. Yeah, I mean, there's NWO really nobody else. And Bullet Club for sure. Yes, and and you know the NWO is kind of like when you go to a, a New York Giants game, you still see fifty six, you still see Lawrence Taylor jerseys. You go to any wrestling show, you're going to see an NWO shirt, and now it's probably going to have to happen more now that they're going into the Hall of Fame. They 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 made an impact, that's for sure. And uh, listen, those those that unit, I believe, deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame. And listen, it's smart business, also greatest faction uh, of all time. No, absolutely not. I'm just asking a question. Don't, don't. No, I like. I listen. I much prefer D Generation X over the NWO. Oh my God, you are so wrong by with that opinion. You're just how? saying. You're just saying that to start up conversation, right? That's not truly how, how you feel. Listen, listen. I'll go a step further. Uh, I'll go. I'll say DX. Well, I, it's really not a step further. To me, Road Dog and Billy Gunn were entirely too entertaining for me not to love DX more than the NWO. They were very entertaining. And the stuff that Sean and Hunter did before all those guys got together was awesome. It, it really was. To me, it was very entertaining. Like, I liked what Scott and Kev did. I liked that whole invasion thing when Hulk got with him and a hell of a turn at Bash at the Beach. That's what it started, but whose side, though. But whose side of is he on? <laughs> I know. He gave it away, you son of a bitch. I mean, I, I, I just, as a wrestling fan, I thought that DX was more entertaining. I, I don't think that's a stretch at all. I just think, like, NWO, you look at how it really changed the landscape and how really they're, they, they're the reason WCW, you know, became what it was, was because of NWO. And like yeah, you said, at, you don't see D, but, I don't see DX shirts when I go to, when I go to wrestling shows. You just want dude, to... D, DX, GX was a huge merchandise and, seller. They were, but they, it doesn't have the lasting legacy like the NWO does. By I'm the way, if you gonna... see somebody with a DX shirt, you probably want to stay away from them. NWO shirts, though, you still see, like you said, probably the probably still one of the, the if not the biggest T-shirt out there right now. So right now you Stone sound like you all the trolls and marks on social media who are bashing me just because I like somebody better. 
I'm not bashing you. I just know that you really don't believe that, and you're just starting. Oh yeah, no, no, no. To I start believe a that. I believe that. And a talk show fodder. I believe that. Who Alex- went, hey, hey, listen. DX only needed five members. The the NWO needed fifty five members. I wouldn't say they needed 55. It just happened to turn out yeah, that way. Yeah, it just turned out that way. There's a lot of dissension. Like a third world country. Do you think Luger, Sting, and Conan show up and with the Wolfpack shirts and try and get Nash to defect during the induction, and then they try to uh, induct the Wolfpack? I think that would be know, awesome. Just to kind of make a storyline for next year. That was a great theme, too. I used to love the Wolfpack thing. In all honesty, though, like I, saw, I put a little tweet out about the fact that they were being inducted, and a lot of people are commenting on it right now. And I'm seeing a few that are saying like, oh, you know, uh, WWE Hall of Fame, they'll put anybody in or they're really running out of people to induct or whatever. And like, listen, I get it. The WWE Hall of Fame is a bit of a PR kind of vehicle for, for the company. But if we're talking honestly, the New World Order was enormous. Think about the moment at Bash at the Beach. Think about how much heat they got, people throwing stuff into the ring. If anybody, if any of these groups should be going into the Hall of Fame, it should be the NWO. I, I, I want Flair to go into the Hall of Fame again as a member of Fortune 4. I want, <laughs> I want Fortune 4 to go into the Hall of Fame. And listen, the, mo- the the biggest reason why they're putting them in the Hall of Fame is Hogan lives in Tampa, so they don't have to spend money on trance. Yeah, brother. that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> He'll bike there. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy Sirius XM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of Sirius XM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new Sirius XM streaming subscribers. Sirius XM, no car required. Producer Alex Ness. This is quite the morning, gentlemen, but I can now reveal another inductee into the 2020 class of the WWE Hall of Fame. Keep it in the condom, WWE. This one's a big... Not this guy. (laughs) This one's a biggie. This one's a biggie. He's been in the news recently. Oh, boy. Dave, do you have a guess? Zero. I have zero guess. No clue? I have a guess. But, Bully, I think you might know. No, I don't. Wait, 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 no, yeah, you, you don't. Didn't, you didn't send it to me. Okay, no. All right, I have it. a guess. Take a guess, bully. I, I'm just going with the fact that they're in Tampa. Am I close? Yes. Batista. Ding, ding, ding. Circle gets the square. Johnny, tell him what he's won. Batista's going to the Hall of Fame already? Officially being revealed by People Magazine, Dave Batista has officially cemented his place in WWE history. The former WWE superstar who competed in the ring as Batista, Dave Batista, will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in April, People.com reveals. Wow. First ballot, because he, he just retired at WrestleMania. Do you think Dave Batista's a first ballot Hall of Famer? Why not? I'm, he, had, he had an illustrious career he had in a, WWE. He had, a, he had a great career. He had a Hall of Fame career. I don't know if I would I would have him be a first ballot Hall of Famer. To me, that's uh, Dave, the elite. Dave, the I, elite. Hate to, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but there aren't many ballots cast for the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one ballot cast. Damn it. My vote is the only one that counts. And if I want Dave Batista in, he's in. Dana, make sure you look good. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's my that you don't believe that. What a horrible take. Well, you, <laughs> you think I'm just saying this for talk show fodder purposes? Yeah. I yeah. don't know if I would put Dave Batista in right away. I make him wait a year. 
Why? Why not? I don't think they're, to, they're in Tampa. Oh, that shouldn't matter. You gotta you save think on trains, oh, brother. On. That's got nothing no, to do. He doesn't with need it. a hotel. He doesn't That's need a flight. That's got nothing to do with it. That's got nothing <laughs> you, to do with it. It has a lot to do with it. We're gonna listen. How much money are we gonna save on trains with these guys? Well, let's see. Hogan lives in Tampa. Batista lives in Tampa. Uh, where does Scott live? What is he in? Uh, he's in Florida. So wait a also. second. Is B. Brian Blair? B. Brian Blair's from Tampa. Is he in the they're all thing yet? Dr- they're God, all the killer drives. bees going this year. They're all drives. How the killer bees going this trends. year? Throw this guy in. Come throw on. that guy in. I love Batista. Batista's great. This is not a knock on Batista. He's a Hall of Famer. He's not a he's not a right away get in guy. He's uh, not a how many, how I, mean, I can't say he... first ballot because you said there's no. He's not a right away get in guy. He's a right-away get-in guy on my ballot, damn it. He's not a get-in right-away guy. He's not. Come on, Dave, stop it. You're embarrassing yourself. When you say Dave, are you talking to me or Dave Batista? <laughs> you, you're embarrassing yourself. Come on. You're the one that, you're the one that gave the ridiculous DX over NWO take just 10 minutes ago. All right, do you want to? If you, if, if okay. you would, hold on. I, yes, I do want his credentials. Okay, but if ahead. you were to put up a poll between DX and the NWO, it would be split down the middle. It really would. I might do so that. So that's why I, I can't. That's why I can't believe you're like. Uh, I can't believe you would take DX uh, over the NWO. I can't believe it. You're, you're like one of those. You're like one of those trolls on social media. I am. at ten o'clock at, uh, at ten o'clock on Wednesdays. I am. Um, I am. <laughs> I don't think. And Dave Batista, he's going to have great credentials because Alex is going to throw it out. We have my power rankings coming up in just sixty seconds, so Ugh. I can get killed more by you. I just don't think he's a get in right away guy. I think he should Alex. wait a year. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. I say yes. You say no. Alex says yes. Girl, what do you think? Sure. <laughs> uh, that should be the shirt hall of fame batista uh, sure why not he takes nice pics of his tattoos on twitter sure oh, there okay. you go all right and listen and there you have it i'm a fan of batista and again and now people are killing me on social media already when i think of when you like excuse i'm sorry gabby when when i think of somebody that gets in right away okay when i think of you definitely don't think of dave like <laughs> I'm going to make you wait for it. Uh, you put ring on it first. Uh, you have to lick it before we kick. It. Oh my! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, that's my wife you're talking about, bully. Though I yeah. I agree with you. You got to lick it before you stick it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> David. Rule number one. Um, no, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Batista. He's a Hall of Famer. I just don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think he's a guy. That's for the icons of the icons, and I don't think Batista's. That's for the Ric Flairs. Those, that's for, and even, like, you look at it, when you look at, like, the careers of a lot of, you know, wrestlers that are in the Hall of Fame that had to wait it out before getting in. I think you wait a year for Batista, but but you know what, Bully? Honest to God, before all the arguments of whether he's a first bout or not, should he wait a year? I think your reason is probably the biggest reason of all. It's in Tampa, like I, 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 I you know, like because uh, we've seen that a lot. 
What happens when, you know, the WrestleManias in Texas, they, they induct the Funks. They induct the Von Erics. I think location has a lot to do with it. And listen, Batista's going to give him a lot of crossover uh, uh, mainstream uh, appeal also because Batista's doing really well yes. in Hollywood. So they're going to be all over that. So it'll be, a, it'll be a big deal. And listen, with those being local guys, they'll have a lot of local fans also buying tickets. It's business, Dave. The Hall of Fame is business. It's a feel-good moment for the WWE and the WWE universe, but it is business. Trust me. And I get it. And we saw it when WrestleMania 27, or was it? Yeah, WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta. Abdul the Butcher got in. And a lot of people are like, Abdul the Butcher, why? You know, he never wrestled in the WWE, blah, blah, blah. He lived in Atlanta. And you know, they knew they were probably going to get a lot of people from that area to go to WrestleMania, to go to the Hall of Fame, because Abdul the Butcher, Abdul the Butcher was getting inducted. And to me, Abdul the Butcher was a Hall of Famer anyway. But you understand where I'm coming from. Yes, and I would like to hear. I would like to hear Batista's credentials. Yeah, and we will. Let me let me do the power rankings. Let no, do, no, no. All right, go ahead, Alex. Give us his credentials. <laughs> Amazing stall tactic, Bubba. Um, all right. So the credentials of Batista in the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, I guess this was the WWE at the time. It was. When he it joined. was. Yeah, it was WWE. All right, World Heavyweight Champion four times. That's the big gold belt. World Tag Team Champion three time, two of which with Ric Flair, one of which with John uh, with John Cena. He was a WWE Champion two times. He was a uh, he was a WWE cha- Tag Team Champion with Rey Mysterio. Won the Royal Rumble twice in 2005 and 2014. Um, in other areas like Pro-, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, he was the Most Improved Wrestler of 2005, Wrestler of the Year also in 2005, and he was ranked number ranked number one in the in the PWA PWI 500 in 2005 and also uh, Wrestling Observer had him in Feud of the Year in 05 with Triple H and Feud of the Year in 07 against The Undertaker. That last credential doesn't count. That's an unrecognized Yeah, credential. I'm just, you know, just throwing some other stuff. But but think about it. Um, you know, and I know like we we buy into I know I for myself buy into, you know, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Awards and he was most improved wrestler and wrestler of the year in 2005 and he was ranked number 1 in 2005. 2005 a, a major year for Batista. That's when he was getting the major push. And, you know, uh, you know, he had some memorable matches at WrestleMania. There's no doubt. But when you look at, you know, you know, the World Heavyweight Championship four-time, WWE Championship two times, this is also an era where the championships got tossed around a lot. And, again, I'm, I'm not saying he's not a Hall of Famer. But don't forget, when he came back, a lot of people rejected it. They didn't want Batista, you know, back at that time. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. I just don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. To me, to be the first ballot Hall of Famer, that's the best of the best. I don't just put I don't put Batista in that category. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. So again, I'm I'm telling you right now, in my opinion, he was a great professional wrestler. I just don't think he's a guy that gets in right off the bat after retirement. I just don't see Batista in that kind of a light. I don't. Heading out to the nation on the old Twitter machine. Uh, Merch Freak says, Dave LaGreca, you should be ashamed of yourself. Dave Batista is 100% a first bat, a Hall of Famer. Bully Ray, you should head into the studio right now and put LaGreca to, through a table. First ballot, man, four-time champion. Hell, when he was a tag team champion, he beat the Dudleys. 
not Bubba, Devon, but still they beat the Dudleys. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 again, I, it's app, it's, it's, a, we're probably nitpicking here because at the end of the day, a Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer. I don't think 20 years from now we're going to be saying, well, he got in as soon as he retired. I don't think that matters once you're in the Hall of Fame. Listen, there's a bunch of guys I, off the top of my head who I could tell you definitely do not belong in the WWE Hall of Fame just based on their credentials. Dave has the credentials to back it up. Okay. All right. We I, Again, I, 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 we agree that he is a Hall of Famer. I just don't – I think he could have waited a year or two. All right. Are you ready for – I think he stalled long enough. I think it's now time for the quintessential Dave LaGreca Pro Wrestling Power Rankings. Please, no. The landscape of pro wrestling has changed. This is a revolution. So it's only fitting that we change along with it, even our rankings. It's amazing how these people just side with you. Welcome to the new and improved Dave LaGreca Pro Wrestling Power Rankings. Let's see who's up. Yes! Yes! And who's down. From Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, and the rest of the world of pro wrestling in this week's Dave LaGreca Pro Wrestling Power Rankings. Uh, my power rankings this week, NWO and Dave Batista. That's it. No, no of course. I, I think you're actually going to like my power rankings, Bully, because just like last week, I'm sharing the wealth a little bit. It's not just a WWE. For the longest time, it was just WWE. And then it was WWE and AEW, but I think there's more love to go around because the landscape has changed. So it's more than just one or two companies. There's a lot of companies that we talk about here on Busted Open, and I think it reflects in my rankings, and it definitely ranks in my, like, when it definitely ranks. It definitely shows in my rankings at number five. Schoolgirl ODB has pinned wow. Knockouts Champion. What an upset. ODB just pinned Taya Valkyrie. And number five, I have ODB. She gets a win over Ty, your Knockouts Champion. It was a non-title match. She gets the victory. What a great show uh, this last week with Impact Wrestling. And it was ODB Appreciation Night. It was in New York City. And in the main event, ODB gets a victory over Taya, so I have ODB in at number five. At number four, this is a name that you've been hearing each and every week since the Wednesday Night War has started, and it's definitely one of the big superstars you need to watch on Wednesday nights at number four. Adam Cole looking for the last shot. Instead, Adam Cole gets nailed with the jackhammer. The cover. Keith Lee has pinned the And it seems like we keep talking about Keith Lee, and why not? Keith Lee, in a a six-man tag, gets the victory on Adam Cole, gets the pin on Adam Cole. And now Keith Lee is somebody you're going to look at as someone who could challenge Adam Cole for that NXT championship. We'll see what happens. I'm playing this. I was actually thinking about putting Keith Lee higher, but I have a little bit of a wait-and-see attitude when it comes to Keith Lee. Because I hope they push him to the moon. And what a month Keith Lee has had. These last four weeks have been tremendous for Keith Lee, and I have him at number four. Number three is somebody who's already a main eventer and somebody who should be challenging Chris Jericho, your AEW World Heavyweight Champion, at number three. If you have any doubt in your mind that there was some PG version of Moxley, forget it. Yeah, forget it. Oh, you're done, shit. 
down to the head. The DDT. There's a cover. It's over. John Moxley is a star. You can make the case that John Moxley is the star when it comes to AEW. And when you look at John Moxley, you know what I love about him, Bully, is that he's doing it his way. I mean, he does not want the PG version of himself that he was for years in the WWE. And like it or not, he is going to be this guy that gave you that match at full gear against Kenny Omega. That's who he wants to be, and he's showing it right now in AEW. The next two, a little bit of a spoiler alert, the next two are tag team wrestlers. And at number two is actually one of the bright, bright spots of SmackDown from this past Friday. And Dawson with a big uppercut. Connecting. Shorty, Shorty G's rock tag. for the moment. Dawson's legal. Shadow Machine. You hate to see it. The Revival are going to TLC. The Revival are going to TLC. They're going to challenge for those tag team championships held by the New Day. And I have the Revival at two because, honestly, when you look at the Revival each and every time they're in the ring, they don't take days off, and they always excel. And, man, this is a tag team that we should be talking about all the time here on Busted Open. And the WWE puts them on the back burner, and that's a shame. So you know what? I'm going to put them high on my power rankings because they deserve to be. They are a great tag team. And honestly, if you look at it, 2019, they're on that list of maybe possibly being the tag team of the year. At number one, this is a tag team that many times have been called the tag team of the year. They have been tag team champions many times. As a matter of fact, they are now nine-time tag team champions, and they're my number one on my power rankings. Column for the end. Wait a minute! No! Roma's got the ball high! Two! The Rock and Roll Express, now your nine-time NWA Tag Team Champions, and they're my number one. So let's do it. At number five, ODB. At number four, Keith Lee. At number three, John Moxley. At number two, The Revival. And number one, Rock and Roll Express. To me, Rock and Roll Express, without a doubt, is number one. Honestly, Bully, if you want to say ODB should be two, or John Moxley should be two, or Keith Lee should be two, I couldn't disagree with you. Two, three, four, and five are interchangeable to me, but without a doubt, the number one is the Rock and Roll Express. Putting the Rock and Roll Express at number one is a feel-good moment. Nine-time champions is a big deal, especially um, those guys at their age winning gold again. I, I agree with your number one. I'm glad you said two, three, four, and five are interchangeable. Obviously, you're covering your ass because you know you botched your order. All right? Um, listen, you said uh, that you want to talk more about the Revival, and we should be talking more about the Revival. Listen, the Revival are a strong, solid tag team. But in the world of the WWE, you're only going to get so much out of them because they're just wrestlers. They need more than that. So that that when it comes to the Revival, you're only going to get so much. They're only going to get pushed so hard. They make great opponents 
for people like the Usos. They make great opponents for people like the New Day because they're the opposite of what those tag teams are. Those tag teams are a lot more colorful, a lot more entertaining, and the Revival are a lot more traditional ground and pound, so they're the polar opposite. You're never going to see the WWE run with the Revival unless, of course, they're listening today, as they do every day, and decide, damn it, he buried the Revival. Let's put him over. So, Mm. um, Keith Lee over Adam Cole, the champion. Keith Lee deserves to be number two. I, and, and listen, there, I can't there's argue. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, Moxley went over on Janela. So let's, let, let's just look at strength of opponent right there. So Keith Lee beating the NXT champion is a lot more powerful of a victory than Moxley beating Janela. And who did the Revival beat? Well, I mean, there was they several tag teams in that match, but I look at it this way because because bully, I'm going to be completely honest with you. When I first put the list together, Keith Lee was at two, and the revival was actually at five, and then I actually moved ODB up to two because she got a, a win uh, in a non-title match on on the champion. But I have to look at it realistically. Uh, ODB, I, I don't think you're going to see more of of ODB, and I don't think you're going to see championship gold around her waist. But she deserved to be on my power rankings this week because she had one hell of a night, and she deserved the, the recognition. When it comes to John Moxley, you're right. It's Joey Janela, and Joey Janela has definitely been impressive since coming to AEW. Johnny John Moxley's uh, his kind of trial by fire will be against Chris Jericho, and we'll see if. AEW looks at John Moxley and his style of wrestling as somebody they want as a champion. So there is a lot of question marks there. When it comes to Keith Lee, it wasn't a tag match. It wasn't a six-man tag match. So, yes, you can say he's number two. I have him at four because it was a tag match. But with the Revival, I actually see the Revival having that match with the New Day at TLC. And I actually think the Revival can become your new tag team champions. And honestly, I look at that match, and I think it could be the match of the night. There's a lot of ifs and a lot of questions when it comes to TLC on Sunday. We could be looking at that match being the match of the weekend. Listen, when it comes to the Revival and the the New Day, let me give you the business of what they're trying to do in the WWE. If the revival were to beat the New Day, I would not for the for the WWE Tag Team Championships. I would not be shocked because they would be doing it for one reason. Do you know what it is? What's that? Because they want the New Day to become the most decorated tag team of all time. Who's currently the most decorated tag team in the history of the WWE? It's the it's the Dudleys, right? And they want the they want the New Day to have that spot. So they'll flip flop. You, you talked about when, when you when you talked about Batista and Flair in that era when they were flip flopping tag team titles. I think that's what you're going to see um, happening with the New Day in the near future. Now, do I am I guaranteeing that it's going to happen? Absolutely not. But do I think there's a good chance? Yeah, because they want to get the New Day to ten because ten breaks the Dudley's record. And if, listen, if there's a team out there that deserves to break the record, in my in my mind, it's the Usos. Or the New Day. And, I, and I, have, I have an idea that I've been playing with in my mind where I'd love to see the Usos get to nine and the New Day get to nine. Hell, I'd like to see the Hardys get to nine. I'd love to see a big three-way in which three teams are at nine and one team are going to break the record. I, have a, I, have a, I actually have an idea for, uh, for the Royal Rumble, not for the Royal Rumble, I'm sorry, for SummerSlam next year. Because next year, SummerSlam is the 20th anniversary of TLC. So 
the New Day getting to 10, the Usos getting to 10, big deal because one of those homegrown WWE tag teams deserves to be the most decorated team of all time. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts— to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.